You're about to hear opinions that you may like. Then again, you might hear some that offend you. We don't apologize for that. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. Country is still trying to figure out what happened in Louisville over the past week and, of course, recently right before that in Nashville as well. There are people who are dead who should not be dead, and it takes almost a record amount of time, I guess a short amount of time, for the politics to come out and everybody to start arguing about the guns and gun control and the Second Amendment and what it all means. But what should the right answer be to the question, how do we stop this from happening in the future or at least minimize these things from happening in the future? Former Congressman Bob Barr recently wrote an op-ed. I found it in the Daily Caller. I'm sure you can find it at Liberty Guard as well. It's called Caught in the Gun Control Debate is the Real Issue that Neither Side Wants to Discuss. And the Congressman joins me right now. Bob, good to talk to you again, my friend. Thanks so much for being on the program. Um, even within minutes of the White House's uh, first initial press conference regarding the shooting in Louisville. Before we have much of the details, Karina Jean-Pierre says this. Called on Republicans in Congress to work together with Democrats to take action, to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines, to require safe storage of firearms, to require background checks for all gun sales, to eliminate gun manufacturers' immunity from liability. So it's it's the talking points, Bob. It's the talking points that we hear from the Biden administration every time there's any kind of tragedy. Uh, But when I'm reading your op-ed, I agree with you that it sounds like what they're not wanting to do is get to the heart of the matter when it comes to prevention of these tragedies. It, it's be, they they are refusing to do that, and many Republicans uh, don't address the real issues either, because it is far easier to simply spout a knee-jerk, simplistic solution when there's a problem. Uh, it's much easier to uh, to go out there and say ban assault weapons, ban high-capacity magazines, or as Jean Pierre just did uh, to lie about so-called immunity for gun manufacturers, which they don't have. Uh, it's much easier to do that. It's much easier to blame the NRA than it is to address the real issue, which is trying to prevent targeted shootings because the body of evidence that we've accumulated, including by the FBI, they've done a good job on this over the years about these targeted shooters, tells us that in almost every instance, the characteristics of these targeted shooters, these mass shooters, uh, are common and preventable. They're identifiable. But it takes time to do that. It takes guts to do it, to, to disclose this information, to take advantage of it. But it's far easier just to, to blast uh, guns or to simply go out there and say, oh, we need to protect the Second Amendment. It has nothing really to do with that. It has to do with our culture and why so many, particularly young people, are coming to the conclusion in their mind that it's okay to murder innocent people. So when it comes to what you were just describing with the the resources that are available out there regarding what the FBI has, we're talking about a threat assessment, basically. Is that the same thing as a red flag law, or is that something that is different from what we often hear in the policy debates? No, it's uh, very different from red flag laws. Uh, It has to do with taking a 
focused look at the evidence that we have and that continues to develop as to why these people, like the transgender uh, person in uh, in Memphis a week and a half ago, like this guy in Louisville, what causes them to do what they do? And there are organizations out there, there are individuals out there, professionals who have made a career of studying this. And they have put together essays and reports and studies. The FBI has done it. And if people would just take the time to look at this and do what is recommended by these professional threat assessors, we would be far better prepared to prevent these occurrences from happening. How is that information from a threat assessment perspective put into use? So if somebody fits the criteria, how do we enact the prevention? Well, one thing that we can do is to support what the uh, the governor of, uh, of Tennessee is trying to do, and yet what he's trying to do has been overshadowed by these, these raucous Democrat members who just mouth the, the knee-jerk response, which is gun control. The governor of Tennessee has proposed to devote uh, about $200 million to a number of things, including, on one end, threat assessment teams uh, in schools, and on the other end, hardening schools against threats that may develop. And yet, uh, I think there was a Democrat leader of the uh, the state house in Tennessee objects to this, uh, saying, oh, the governor wants to militarize our schools rather than protect children by gun control. They, they, it, it makes things worse by not looking at these issues as in a realistic way. What you do is you have you teach school administrators and teachers, you teach businesses such as banks, for example, to be on the lookout for individuals that they come across, students or employees or former employees that send strange messages, that engage in strange behavior. Uh, you try and teach parents to pay attention to what in the heck their kids, particularly adult kids, are doing in their homes rather than just ignoring it and pretending it goes away. That's a start. When you mentioned the Nashville shooting with somebody who, you know, said that they were transgender, we we don't know a lot as we talk right now about the shooter in Louisville. When it comes to the narrative around let's go to gun control, let's not look at things like mental health, let's let's boil it down to politics. When the narrative is challenged, the debate tends to end and that's where the division takes over. How hard does that make it to actually find a solution if it's outside of politics like what you're describing? It makes it difficult, but not impossible. What uh, what parents need to do, for example, is they need to look at the schools that they are sending their kids to, whether it's a university, a high school, or an elementary school, and ask the administrators, do you have a threat assessment study? Do you have a threat assessment team? Have you hardened this school? Parents can do that. Local school boards can engage in this. Local law enforcement needs to look at these incidents and 
understand the history of them and address them not as traditional crimes, but as we're trying to do with regard to the war against terrorism since 9-11, look at it in terms of prevention. Now, you have to be careful that you don't cross the line into unconstitutional invasions of privacy. But the fact of the matter is that many of these uh, individuals these days, these targeted shooters, post stuff. They do talk with, they, uh, with, with friends and associates and co-workers. People need to not be afraid to let people know who are in positions to prevent this sort of stuff what it is that they're seeing that is unusual about somebody. The article is called Caught in the Gun Control Debate is the Real Issue that Neither Side Wants to Discuss. I found it at dailycaller.com. And, Bob, we're going to put your Liberty Guard uh, information out there in a moment. You mentioned something just a little bit uh, earlier, and we just have a minute or so left, uh, regarding culture. Address the role of the changing culture and aspects of that in all of this, because I think you're right, if I'm understanding you correctly, you can't separate out what's happening in parts of our culture from these tragedies. You can't, and we see a lot of hate developing. The anchors, the, the fundamental issue, Mike, I think, is that the anchors that used to provide protection against individuals doing this have been disintegrating very slowly and now more rapidly over the last several decades, and that is the family unit. That is schools that are community-based. That is religious institutions, churches and synagogues that provided uh, a forum for people to have outlets for their concerns, civic organizations, Rotary, Kiwanis, and so forth. All of these things are of seriously diminishing presence in our society, and therefore these young people out there, they have no moral or ethical anchors and it makes them very susceptible to outside violent influences uh, they become lonely they become hateful uh, and that's the, the the root of the issue I think right there and we need to be watching out and train people to watch out for those danger signs and to report them Bob if you could uh, just let everybody know where they can uh, connect with your work Liberty Guard or your own social media where can people get in touch very easy, uh, Mike. Uh, LibertyGuard.org or BobBar.org. Bob, good talk to you again, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. And that conversation with former Congressman Bob Barr came from News Talk STL in St. Louis. Do you agree with the congressman? Do you disagree? Let me know. At AVP Radio Show on Twitter. You can also find American Viewpoints very easily. Thank you for making American Viewpoints part of your weekend. I'm Mike Ferguson, and we'll talk to you again next week.